President, we have a national emergency. This is one of the things that we can shoot first and ask questions later. Uh, normally you can't do that. All of a sudden these trees started moving out of the way. They parted for me. And then I came out into this opening and there where I saw Jesus Christ. to End Time News. I am your humbled host, W. Dean Shook, bringing you the news the mainstream media is never going to touch. And don't forget, you can download the mobile app for End Time News at Google Play or the App Store, both for Android and for iPhone, and never miss another episode of End Time News. Before we start today's program, I need to make an acknowledgement. Let me say, first of all, from analytics that we've studied... We have found that our largest listener blocks are, are you ready for this? China and Russia. Now, it turns out between Japan, China, Russia, the UK, Australia, and Africa combined, we get 90 listeners for these countries to every one American listen. I want to acknowledge that we know you're out there. We know you're listening. Now, you seem to come to End Time News and listen to the program because you're getting information that is apparently helpful in one way or another. But I want to acknowledge that for those of you in China, especially you Christians, I don't know if you're aware of how many other Christians there are in China, whether you know from province to province how many underground churches there are, how many prayer meetings. Well, let me tell you this. For you folks listening in China... They're saying that within seven years, China is going to be the largest Christian population on earth. You folks in China are coming to Christ in record numbers. You're not alone. If you're in a province where you think that you're the only one, you're not. China is filling with Christians. The government doesn't like it. And I know they've eased up a little bit, but trust me. In just a few years, China is going to be the largest Christian population on earth. So you stand in there. For other Christians, for those of you in Russia, you're our second largest listening block. China, and then Russia. Between you two, you are one of the largest Christian blocks in the world. You folks in Japan, we're also aware of what's going on in Japan. We know you're having, let's say, some tensions with China. We know it's hard for you to get the truth about Fukushima. I'm going to try to cover that a little bit more for you. I know you're there. I know you're listening. I'm seeing your emails. I'm seeing you in the analytics. 
You folks in Australia, a large listener block. Thank you, everyone in Australia. You folks in the UK, you know, I'm reading stories on a regular basis about all of our British friends who are standing up for their faith, standing up for your country. Britain, just like China and Russia, is a very old, established power in the world. And it's very important that you listen to this program, that you interact, that all of you in China, Russia, Japan, Australia, Chile, France, Africa, please don't hesitate to email me. If there's something that you want to know, some truth, or you want to tell me something that's going on there, the email is contact at wdeanshook.com. By all means, email me. Let me share your news with the world. I can't tell you how important it is to get these tips from all of you. And I I do get them. I get a lot from Japan. I don't get much from China because I know it's very difficult for you in China. I'm not expecting you to do that necessarily. If you can squeeze an email out and give me some information, I, I would very much appreciate that. But don't put yourself at risk. I know you folks in China will... It's very dangerous for you to do stuff like that, so you don't have to do that. But I have emails from you folks in Russia and in Nigeria, so thank you. I just want to acknowledge that we know you're out there. We know your struggles. Thank you for listening. You're very important to the program. All right, let's start with the news of the day. After we get through the news, we're going to spend the second half of the program talking about false teachers and preachers. Because I was really moved by this over the weekend and really felt like I needed to dedicate at least some time to this. I I think this is going to be very important. So let's take a look at the news of the day and we'll get to that in the second half of the program. We're going to start with the Washington Times. Obama gives amnesty to known gang members and a top model murder suspect. It seems the illegal immigrant accused of killing a former America's Next Top Model contestant and three others in a drug-fueled spree was a known gang member with drug arrests on his record at the time he was approved for President Obama's amnesty for dreamers. This came from a top lawmaker on Tuesday who said U.S. Citizenship and Immigration Service now acknowledges that it bungled the case of two years ago when it approved a man for amnesty. The agency said it was revoked his status a month after he was arrested and charged with murder in connection with four deaths in North Carolina. Based on standard procedure and processes in place at the time, the deferred action request and related employment authorization should not have been approved, according to USCIS Director Leon Rodriguez. He said it was a catastrophic error in approving Emmanuel Jesus Regal Hernandez. The case has become a black eye on Mr. Obama's 2012 amnesty for dreamers, known in government speak as Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals, which has approved more than 600,000 applications. Mr. Obama insisted he could administer this program to keep mostly law-abiding illegal immigrants in the U.S. without any fear of deportation while weeding out the serious criminals who he said should be deported. Mr. Rodriguez submitted last week to Senate Judiciary Committee Chuck Grassley suggested that gang members besides Mr. Hernandez have been granted approval under the deportation amnesty. The USCIS said at least 20 others who were approved for amnesty under Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals, had suspected gang ties listed in the key federal database. But apparently they didn't check that. 
And let's see what's going on in our schools. According to WND, Mitchell Primary School children in Kittery, Maine, were read a story about a little transgender child sparking outrage among parents who say they ought to have been given a heads up and a chance to opt out of the lesson, which was recited to students in 20 of Mitchell's 22 classes. The book, I Am Jazz, talks about a child who, at an early age of two, knew she had a girl's brain in a boy's body. This according to The Blaze. The author says the book, based on real-life experience, explained in a simple and clear way that will be appreciated by picture book readers, their parents, and teachers. But not all the parents saw the lesson plan as appropriate. One parent said, I feel like my thoughts, feelings, and beliefs were completely ignored. Explaining in an email to Hannity.com how upset she was, the school didn't even consult her before reading the material to her child. My right as a parent to allow or not allow this decision with my child was taken from me. It's very upsetting to me that I didn't have an opinion at all. Superintendent of Schools, Alan Hutton, said initially the book was part of a lesson plan on tolerance and respect. Facing fire, she later said parents should have been given a chance to weigh in before the book was read. We have a practice of, if a topic is considered sensitive, parents should be informed, she said. In this situation, that didn't happen. In retrospect, we understand that toleration is tolerating people of all opinions. But the damage is already done. So over the last couple of weeks, I've been reporting to you about the Trans-Pacific Partnership and the dangers that came from this. Well, now we're seeing the result. The U.S. Steel warns of layoffs in Arkansas and Texas as Trans-Pacific Partnership looms. This according to International Business Times. that says the United States Steel Corporation issued layoff notices to 1,404 workers in the latest sign of struggle for the American steel industry. They went out in recent days to workers producing pipe and tube products that are used in oil and gas sector. Job cuts could come as early as June for 17 to 579 employees at a plant in Lone Star, Texas. Also another 166 at a factory in Houston, 255 at a mill in Pine Bluff, Arkansas, and 404 managers across the company's tubular operations nationwide. Since last June, the company has informed 7,800 employees of potential job cuts. A tally from Pittsburgh Business Times indicated that U.S. Steel spokesman Sarah Casella said the ongoing layoffs are the result of challenging market conditions and global influences in the market, including a high level of imports, reduced prices for oil and natural gas, and reduced steel prices. Well, looming in the distance is the Trans-Pacific Partnership. This is a proposed trade agreement with 11 other Pacific Rim countries that include major steel producers like Japan and South Korea, it has the support of the White House. Critics say it could exasperate domestic steel woes. In the aftermath of the recession, cheaper steel imports, many of them from China and other Asian countries, flooded U.S. markets. From January of 2014 to January of 2015 alone, imports to the United States surged, increased by about a third to reach nearly 4 million metric tons. 
The glut in foreign-produced steel has made it harder for American companies like Pittsburgh U.S. Steel to compete. Meanwhile, the recent decline in our oil prices, about 60% since last June, recent other challenges as wary domestic oil and gas companies scale back spending and layoff workers, demand for pipe and tube sags, the recent layoff announcements, join a geographically diverse list of pending job cuts at U.S. Steel. Since March, the company has announced plans to idle temporarily a massive factory in Granite City, Illinois, that employs 2,000 people, and a tubular steel factory in Ohio that employs 614, in addition to other plants in Pennsylvania and Minnesota. Well, U.S. Steel has 23,000 workers in North America, 12,500 in Europe. We'll see what comes of that. Scott Paul, president of the Alliance for American Manufacturing, said the current version of the deal fails to address current manipulation along standing concerns shared by top steel industry employers and labor unions in North America. Domestic steel executives voiced similar concerns at a congressional hearing. Paul said TPP Signatory Japan, the second largest steel producer after China, regularly undervalues its currency as a means of artificially boosting exports, dumps the good in the U.S. markets, and faces little consequences. The way that many of these trade laws are structured, they said, you have to be in the economic equivalent of the ICU before you can compete for relief and expect to be successful. And speaking of Japan, pumps at Fukushima plant have been halted and toxic water is leaking into the ocean. This according to TEPCO. RT is reporting all the eight water transfer pumps at the Fukushima 1 nuclear power station have been shut down due to a power outage leading to a leak of radioactive water into the Pacific Ocean. Tokyo Electric Power Company reported a power outage on Tuesday. It follows the line of the toxic leaks that were reported in February, when at one point around 100 tons of highly radioactive water leaked from one of the plant's tanks. The February report prompted TEPCO to launch a pumping process at the site. This began last Friday. The pumps were confirmed to be working Monday afternoon, and on Tuesday, they were found to be stopped. The incident and the amount of water already leaked are being checked. According to the company, the pumps are used to transfer tainted water from a drainage channel to a channel that leads to an artificial bay in front of the station enclosed by a fence. Overall, in the period between May of 2011 and August of 2013, according to a series of statements from the company, Underground water leaks cesium-137, strontium-90, and tritium have reached the sea. TEPCO's efforts to manage the release of the radioactive material have been slammed by the global community due to its suppression policy. This year, the company was revealed to have been concealing reports of dangerously high radiation levels at the plant ever since September. And back here to America, this is an exclusive from WND. It seems the feds are on a buying spree again of, that's right, ammo. Department of Justice is seeking to purchase 95,000 rounds of 9mm hollow point bullets and has posted online a solicitation that requires bids to be submitted by April 30th. While such bullets are often used in law enforcement, 
The federal government's bulk purchase of ammunition in recent years, including a proposal to buy 1.6 billion bullets, has raised concerns about the government's need for this kind of supplies. Eyebrows go even higher when the federal government seeks to purchase hollow points. That's an expanding bullet with a hollow tip designed for maximum tissue damage and blood loss or shock, according to an online explanation. Current solicitations posted at fbo.gov is for the Department of Justice Bureau of Prisons. In addition to the specified 95,000 rounds of 9mm Luger jacketed hollow point 155 grain bullets, it also seeks 46,000 rounds of 223 caliber 55 grain full jacket metal bullets and 4,750 rounds of 12 gauge shotgun shells. Now, WND has reported the federal government ammunition purchase have attracted considerable attention. The rise in purchase comes amid attempts to curb customers' access to certain weapons and ammunition. For example, lawmakers in Washington took to task the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation's choke point, a federal plan to let banks deny legal gun dealers access to banking, Critics of the program charged it was an underhanded way of infringing the Second Amendment without having to go through Congress. Representative Sean Duffy called it the greatest government overreach that no one's talking about. Well, End Time News is talking about it. Share this with your friends. And here's one I found a little hard to believe, but this is absolutely true, reported by Reuters. Denmark has banned bestiality in a move against animal sex tourism. Animal sex tourism. They're saying Denmark passed legislation on Tuesday banning bestiality, toughening a law that animal rights activists feared was encouraging animal sex tourists to visit the country. The bill amends a previous ban on intercourse that harms animals, something Farm Minister Dan Jorgensen argued was difficult to prove. He said the current legislation does not protect the animal enough. It's hard to prove that an animal suffers when a human has sexual intercourse with it. And that's why we must give the animal the benefit of the doubt, he wrote in an opinion piece. Those voting for the bill said Denmark did not want to remain the last northern European country where bestiality was legal. This was attracting animal sex tourists. Germany, Norway, Sweden, and Britain previously have banned it. There are frequent reports of the occurrence of organized animal sex shows, clubs, and animal brothels in Denmark. The Danish Ethical Council for Animals and Independent Advisory Board under the Food and Agriculture Ministry said in a report while adding that it had not been able to verify these reports. A 2011 Justice Minister report surveyed veterinarians found 17% of them had suspected that an animal that they had treated had had intercourse with humans. Animal rights campaigners, including PETA, petitioned Prime Minister Hallie Thorningschmidt and Jorgensen to amend their legislation. And despite what our mainstream media tells us about the deal with Iran, here's what Breitbart's reporting. A spokesman for Iran's nuclear agency has once again rejected calls to grant IAEA access to military sites, continuing a war of words on the issue that began this last Sunday. 
Press TV reports the spokesman for the Atomic Energy Organization of Iran gave an interview Monday where he stated the demand of access to Iran's military sites was not practical and acceptable. According to Press TV, his statement was a response to a claim the U.S. Energy Secretary Ernest Moniz made earlier in the day. During an interview with Bloomberg News earlier Monday, Secretary Moniz said, We expect to have everywhere, anytime access with Iran. That statement appears to match the contents of the U.S. fact sheet published three weeks ago. The fact sheet says, Iran will be required to grant access to the IAEA to investigative suspicious sites and allegations of covert enrichment facilities, conversion facilities, centrifuge production facilities, or yellow cake production facilities anywhere in the country. Well, Secretary Menendez's statement about access says anywhere, anytime was itself an apparent response to a blunt statement Sunday by Brigadier General Salami. According to Press TV, General Salami gave an interview to Far News where he stated, not only will we not grant foreigners the permission to inspect our military bases, we will not even give the permission to think about such a subject. In case that was not clear enough, General Salami added, they will not even be permitted to inspect the most normal military site in their dreams. General Salami is not the first high-ranking Iranian to deny the IAEA access to Iran's military sites under the proposed deal. Nearly two weeks ago, Iran's defense minister said any inspection of Iran's military sites was a red line and added that no inspection of any kind from any such facility would be accepted. Ayatollah Khomeini backed that up the very next day. And in the ongoing controversy with Queflo Dollar, he stands up and slams the critic. He said, if I want to believe God for a $65 million plane, you can't stop me. Being reported by the Christian Post, when this idea for a $65 million top-of-the-line jet came up, I personally heard Queflo Dollar say he needed his own private jet because the commercial airlines don't fly on my schedule. So if you pay into his ministry, here's what he's doing with your money, as reported by the Christian Post. After coming under heavy criticism for asking the public for $65 million to purchase a luxury airplane for his ministry last month, popular televangelist and founder of World Changers International Queflo Dollar responded in a spectacular defiance in a recent message to his church declaring, If I want to believe God for a $65 million plane, you can't stop me. Let me tell you something about believing God, he said. I can dream as long as I want to. I can believe God as long as I want to. If I want to believe God for a $65 million plane, you can't stop me. You cannot stop me from dreaming, he said in a clip that messaged on YouTube, showing his contingents rising to their feet and cheering in approval. He went on to say, you cannot stop me from dreaming. I'm going to dream until Jesus comes. And here's another thing I want you to understand. If they discover life on Mars, if you think a $65 million plane was too much, if they discover that there's life on Mars, they're going to need to hear the gospel and I'm going to have to believe God for a billion dollar space shuttle because we go to preach the gospel on Mars, he said. 
I dare you to tell me I can't dream. I dare you to tell me that I can't believe God. If I find Jesus, I'm going to look at Jesus until he comes to pass. Because with God, all things are possible to him that believe. And so I say to you, dream on, dream on, baby. Don't dream what you can't have. Dream about what the devil says you can't have. Dream for the best. Dream for the best healing. Dream for the best deliverance. Dream for the best house. Dream for the best car. And just because the world don't have it, doesn't mean you can't have it. You're the children of the Almighty God. Dream and dream, he told his adoring congregation. Dollar explained earlier in the message that he felt led by the Spirit of God to address the issue of the plane and other rumors circulating about his life because his critics are determined to discredit his voice and his ministry. Well, I'm going to take a short break here. When we come back, we're going to look at false teachers and preachers. So I want you to stay tuned for that. We're going to expose people like Mr. Dollar. Right after this short message, you're listening to End Time News. Hi folks, have you noticed the federal government and police departments are using drones for everything? Drones are expensive, they're hard to fly, it can take up to a week just to learn to make a drone hover. Not anymore, there's a new generation of drones that are not only affordable but very easy to fly. Now you can have your own personal drone, anything from a micro mini that'll fit in the palm of your hand, right up to a full scale model, 10 inches in diameter like the model I have, the V949 Pro comes with a 6-axis 4-rotor blade and an HD 2.4 camera mounted on the bottom. These drones are made of a space-age polymer. They're durable. And don't worry about crashing your drone. Replacement blades for this drone from the website are only $1.80 for a pack of four. That's right, I said $1.80 for a pack of four replacement blades. You can also get an extra long life battery. This battery allows you up to a half hour of fly time with a maximum speed of 40 miles an hour. Have your own personal drone and you can get all of this for under $70. If you go to the website wdeanshook.com and click on the banner on the webpage, you can get from 7 to 22% off your personal drone. It's shipped as a kit. You can be up and flying your own personal drone with an HD camera within a half hour. Come to the webpage wdeanshook.com. Click on that banner and get your discount today. WDeanShook.com There is a sense in the world. There's a sense among believers. There's a sense among unbelievers. There's a sense among all peoples that things are unhinged. The Middle East is unhinged with uprisings, revolutions, and where is it, where is it heading? How are followers of Jesus to relate to all of these things? How do they relate to biblical prophecy? America is in spiritual moral crisis. Values are changing, and so rapidly, I mean, that have not happened in the history of man. How are level-headed, responsible Christians to relate to the testimony of the biblical prophets and the unfolding of chaos throughout the world? Not just believers are wondering, is this a sign of the end?
GoDaddy offers everything you need to make a name for yourself on the web, from domain names and website builders to complete e-commerce solutions. We've earned our place as the world's number one accredited domain registrar by delivering world-class products at competitive prices and support them with industry-best services delivered 24-7, 365. We're proud to serve our customers from locations around the world. Sign up now at wdstrip.com and get your domain name as low as $5.99 a year. Sign up now at wdshook.com. Go, Daddy. Go, Daddy. Do you think the media is biased? Maybe they're leaving something out, or there's something they're not telling you. Now, you have a source for the truth in the news. W. Dean Shook, End Time News. Your connection to the signs of the times. And thank you for allowing me that break. I appreciate that. Before we start this discussion, let me start out by saying I provoke a lot of anger when I expose the truth, especially biblical truth. Things like the story of the three wise men coming to the manger where Jesus was born and giving him gifts. Because... That story is not true. And people grew up with that. They learned that since being little kids in Sunday school. Here's the truth about that. I don't want to get too far in the weeds on this. But here's what it says in Matthew 2nd. First of all, wise men from the East were not three wise men. These men were called magi. They were philosophers and astrologers. They were wise men. And it says in Matthew 2nd, Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem, Born in Bethlehem in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men came from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who was born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. So notice what this says here. He was born in Bethlehem, that these wise men, the Magi, from the east, came to Jerusalem, not to Bethlehem. And they asked, Where is he that was born king of the Jews? Verse 3 says, When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all of the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he inquired of them where this Christ was to be born. So he said unto the wise men, In Bethlehem of Judea, for this is written by the prophets. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you shall come a ruler who shall shepherd my people Israel. Here's what it says in 7. Then Herod, when he had secretly called the wise men, determined from them what time the star had appeared. Past tense, what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the young child. And when you have found him, bring back word to me that I may come and worship him also. When they heard the king, they departed. And behold... The star which they had seen in the east went before them until it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly. And when they had come to the house, not the manger, when they had come to the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. 
It didn't happen in Bethlehem at the manger. This whole story about the three wise men bringing gifts to the newborn Jesus in the manger is a fairy tale. It's not the truth. The same for the Friday crucifixion and Sunday rise from the dead. Wrong time. The whole Easter thing is the wrong time. None of these things are biblical. This doesn't seem to matter, though. People cling on these false teachings like they're the word of God when nothing could be further from the truth. People don't want to hear that. They say things like, when I was a kid in Sunday school, we did plays about that. We know it's true, when in fact, there's no truth in them. I even heard some listeners over the weekend listen to this author who set these times. And these people said, God wants us to discuss and have an opinion based on his word. Really? I haven't found anywhere in the Bible where God says, I'll give you some guidelines and you just form your own idea on what's true and what's not. Now, I'll tell you about that in just a minute. But first, we're told in 2 Timothy, For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but having itching ears that will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passion. They'll turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. 2 Timothy 3 says, Always learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Well, this is what we're seeing today. With satellite television, the internet, the ability for preachers to preach around the world has really brought a new dimension to false teachers and preachers. You can turn on TV and radio today. Both are full of teachers and preachers who give little infomercials. They give you 20 minutes of preaching. Then they tell you if you want the rest of God's word, you'll have to buy the CD or a book. These people are literally selling the word of God. And they'll pretty much say whatever it takes to sell their product. As a result of that, you find their teachings full of today's buzzword. Today's buzzword is, I believe. Anytime someone says the words, I believe, or we believe, you're then leaving the word of God and starting on the doctrine of man. Now, I don't know about you, but I go to church to hear what God believes, not what someone else believes. So I heard somebody over the weekend, this author who I was just talking about, who was explaining about how all of this is going to happen. He said in the war of Gog and Magog that he'll bring the armies from the north and he'll put hooks in their mouths and draw them over his land like a cloud. That that meant that Russia was going to come over them like a cloud, that's all of their air power and their ground troops to follow, and were to be an attack from the south from Iran. And he said, we know this because Iran and Russia are setting up an alliance right now, and this alliance will be the one that comes over Israel in the war of Gog and Magog. Now, he was explaining all of these things. I tried to explain to the listeners, you can't set a time like that. They said, we're not setting a time. I said, yes, you are. You're saying it's going to happen within the next few years. Let me give you an example. of People said this same thing back in the 80s. They said Russia was ready to move that they had their alliance with the Middle East countries, and that war was about to start. Well, Irvin Baxter is real big on this. I'm sure most of you know who Irvin Baxter is, a television show on TBN. Irvin Baxter explained that Gorbachev and Ronald Reagan had set up a deal to control the Middle East. Mr. Baxter then went on to say that he knew this was true, that the end times were then because of the nuclear meltdown at Chernobyl. He then went on to say that Chernobyl was the Russian word for wormwood. 
and that this would fulfill the entire prophecy of two things coming together that would bring the end times. Then all of a sudden, all of his predictions and prophecies came to an end with the collapse of the Soviet Union. And even to this day, he still insists that Chernobyl is wormwood and that this was going to destroy the world when it's been over 30 years and it hasn't done it yet. Irvin Baxter was wrong. He had set a time by saying that all of these prophecies were coming to pass right then in that time. But it wasn't. But he did sell a lot of CDs and he did get a lot of airtime. Well, just like this author that I heard talking about how all of these things were going to come together right now, that this was going to happen, is another example of someone perverting the word for their own personal gain, because there's no way that he could know that. What happens if the attack from the north doesn't come for another 50 years? Well, he'll be proven wrong. But in the meantime, he's going to sell a lot of books, because you can't set a time like that. Let's take a look at some other people in the past who have set these kind of times. Thomas Munzer, 1524. He said that 1525 would mark the beginning of the millennium. However, his followers were killed by cannon fire in an uneven battle with government troops. He died under torture and was beheaded. He convinced his followers by interpreting end-time prophecy in a way that supported his claim. He was wrong. Pierre d'Alley, around the year 1400. This French theologian wrote that 6,845 years of human history had already passed and that the end of the world would be in the 7,000th year. He also interpreted the Bible in a way that supported his claim, saying everything was in place. He was wrong. But it wasn't just obscure people. The man called the great reformer Martin Luther predicted the end of the world would occur no later than 1600. In 1658, Christopher Columbus claimed the world was created in 5343 B.C. and would last 7,000 years. Assuming no zero year, that means the end of the world would come in 1658. He was wrong. 1836, John Wesley, the founder of the Methodist Church, he foresaw the millennium beginning in 1836, he wrote that in Revelation 12:14 referred to the years 1058 through 1836 when Christ would come. He also said prophecy had been fulfilled and Christ was ready to return. He was wrong. 1901, Catholic Apostolic Church. This church founded in 1831 claimed that Jesus would return by the time the last of its 12 founding members died. Well, the last member died in 1901. They were wrong. 1941, Jehovah's Witnesses, a prediction of the end from the Jehovah's Witnesses, said Middle East events and the growth of the Catholic Church left nothing to be done. The world was ready for Christ's return. In 1941, they were wrong. And who doesn't remember 1967, Jim Jones, the founder of the People's Temple, stated that he had visions that a nuclear holocaust would take place in 1967. As you remember, him and his parishioners all drank the toxic Kool-Aid and committed suicide. He was wrong. Pat Robertson said in late 1976 he predicted that the end of the world would come in 1982. He was wrong. Louis Farrakhan, the leader of the Nation of Islam, declared that the Gulf War would be the War of Armageddon, which is the final war. He said this in 1991. 
that everything was in place. It was time for Armageddon. He was wrong. In the year 2000, Jerry Falwell, he foresaw God pouring out his judgment on the world on this day, and also, in the year 2000, Jim LaHaye and Jerry Jenkins, these Christian authors, stated that the Y2K bug would trigger global economic chaos, which the Antichrist would use to rise to power. They were wrong. So you see, anyone who's preaching or teaching God's word says, I believe, that's when you leave the word of God and you start in on false doctrine. Benny Hinn, Queflo Dollar, Kenneth Copeland, Joyce Myers, Joel Osteen, and the list just goes on and on. Now, if you want to hear an inspirational speaker, these folks are good for that. But you won't hear any biblical truth out of these people. These are false teachers who tickle people's ears, and they go to them by the hundreds of the thousands, and they pour their money on them and believe the things they say. You know, one of the listeners of this author I was talking about a few minutes ago told me if you listen to what he has to say, you're going to learn something new. You're going to have a different take on Ezekiel 38 and 39. Oh, so apparently the Bible has something new in it. And when I tried to explain to them, there's no way that this guy could know that these future events were going to unfold. It was like talking to the wall. They just refused to hear what I was saying. The author went on and on about it. About every ten words or so, he would say, I believe. And then would go on and on and on, encourage his listeners to form their own opinion in these future events while he told them the details. And again, Second Timothy 4 says, For the time is coming when people will not endure sound doctrine, but have itching ears that they will accumulate for themselves, teachers to suit their own passions, and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. Now don't get me wrong. There's no doubt that we're seeing end-time prophecy come to pass right now like never before. And it's true, we're living in a very unique time in biblical history. But no one knows the time, the day, or even the year that these things are going to come to pass. First Timothy says, Now the Spirit expressly says that in latter times some will depart from the faith by devoting themselves to deceitful spirits and teachings of demons. These are people who preach what you want to hear. These are false teachers, and they preach not what God wants them to hear. Most television and radio preachers preach a false gospel. They don't preach regeneration. Even though nothing else matters unless you're this new creation, they don't preach repentance, the law of God, the holiness of God, God's demand for holiness. It says in Leviticus, for God is holy. He is the Lord who makes us holy. If you're not living holy lives, you're not Christians. You've got to be living a regenerated, holy life the best you can. False ministers don't preach on saving faith that leads to obedience to God. They also don't speak of judgment in hell. Instead, they preach autonomy or self-esteem, universalism, unconditional love, psychology, emotionalism, pragmatism, or that you have to do some kind of work. In American pragmatism, works means making money and giving pleasure. They refuse to preach exclusivism. The salvation is only through the Christ Jesus. Instead, they entertain people. They try to minister to their felt needs through rock music, other forms of entertainment. They say man is not born a sinner. Rather, he's born good and, in fact, getting better every day. Some say that all kinds of sexual activity is permissible before, during, and after marriage. 
whether fornication, adultery, homosexuality, lesbianism, bisexualism, or transgender sexuality is all okay, and they go to great lengths to try to rationalize that theory. False preachers preach a gospel that promotes health, wealth, power, and fame. They preach open theism, false ecumenalism, a Marxist liberation theology. They never preach suffering for Jesus' sake. They never mention where Paul says, For the time will come, when men will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They'll turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. These are people who preach to make money, just like this author. Say whatever he could, and the people who claim to be Christians have swallowed it up. False ministers preach only to make money. In fact, they have no other motive. They want money so they can live in luxury. T.S. Ballin gives five ways that these ministers make money. First, it's begging. They go to the western wealthy countries where gullible people live. They beg in the name of imaginary or corrupt mission works. For example, in India and other countries, there's orphanages that are established to indulge the sexually immoral practices of the leaders and others. They claim false healings. They'll come and say, I'll pray for you and you'll be healed. But you won't be healed, but he gets your money. Third is false prophecy. The false minister will say, I understand you want to have a son. Let me pray for you. And then he'll say, I see a son being conceived. And you're going to call his name Daniel. And as soon as he finishes his prophecy, gullible people are prompted to give. These preachers get commissions for activities like arranging marriages, selling used cars, obtaining admission into college, or finding tickets for travel. Sometimes they even steal. I mean, just outright steal. All these people are interested in is money. They distort the gospel to make it palatable so that gullible people will give them money. They remove all doctrine that people don't like, like sin, holy living, or hell, or judgment. A pastor should not be a lover of money. Peter writes, Be shepherds of God's flock that is under your care, serving as overseers, not because you must, but because you're willing, as God wants you to be, not greedy for money, but eager to serve. Please understand, we're living in a time where greed is run amok. People will do or say anything to sell their products, their books, their CDs, their little trinkets, all in the name of money, not God. There's no desire to bring you to a real relationship with Christ. They teach the doctrines of man that's pleasing to the ear, and then they ask you to pay, to pay for these false teachings. Now, before I go, I want everyone in the sound of my voice to look at what's happening to Christians through the Middle East. Christians are being martyred by the thousands continuously. These are Christians who are standing up for their faith, facing death. Somebody standing in front of them with a hatchet, a knife, or a gun, and saying, renounce Jesus now or die. These people don't have fancy cars, big houses. They don't have any of these things that the preachers here in America say that you all deserve. Instead, their faith is so strong, they refuse they refuse to denounce Jesus and accept death. Now I want everyone, especially here in America, to ask yourself the question, if you were faced with that, would you have enough faith, a strong enough relationship 
to accept death rather than refuse Jesus? Or would you cave like a house of cards because your relationship with him is not real? Ask yourself what you would do. Now, it's easy to sit in your house or be on the street or walk to the grocery store and think about, oh, no, I would stand up for my faith. But until that person is standing in front of you with a hatchet threatening to cut your throat on the spot, do you really understand what that means? I want all of the Christians in the Middle East to understand, I know you're giving your lives, but you're setting an example of what true faith in Christianity is. And that's the willingness to give up your life rather than denounce Jesus. All right, thank you. I appreciate it. My email is contact at wdeanshook.com. The homepage is wdeanshook, and I'll have all of these stories posted on the website a little bit later today. Make sure you come and see the full stories of these. But until then, when the dust settles and the smoke clears, I'll be back with more Truth in the News. Thank you. You can get these full stories and more at wdeanshook.com. That's wdeanshook.com. Dot com.